I would hope this would lead to some sort of change. I am not convinced it will. I don't mean change that like, let's rip out the entire offense or make a bunch of personnel changes, but a change in attitude of, you know what? I got my cables, go pull your car around. We're gonna need to do something to jump this thing. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 200 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. That's a pretty cool number to think about, that after four-plus years of recording our show, we've reached that milestone. And it's interesting because research indicates that there's about 550,000 podcasts out there, and only about 25% of those actually have shows that come out on a new production, meaning that they've recorded something new in the past 12 months. It's not a stat to brag about or beat our chest too much, but it's just realizing that it's not that easy to put together productions, coordinate schedules, to edit, and then just produce it to where it goes out to all the podcast players. But we're really appreciative of you, our listeners, being a part of this. And it goes out to all of y'all who are tuning in for either the first time or many who have been with us since season one. So on behalf of my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, who joined me today, Thank you for listening, and thank you for paying attention and doing this with us. And now back to business at hand. This is the Georgia versus Kentucky preview show. It's a little late this week, but, you know, that loss on Saturday happened, and we needed a moment. So did you. And speaking of last Saturday, we spend about the first 25 minutes of this show still talking about that loss, what the vibe feels like from Butt Smear after Kirby's Monday press conference, and thoughts on what might need to be changed in order to finish this season successfully. Then we get into our brief Kentucky preview and jump into the fun stuff like the buy or sell, the trivia, and our football picks. And it's not all doom and gloom on this episode. Two out of three of the co-hosts actually picked Georgia to win big versus the Cats on Saturday. So let's just go ahead and jump on into it. Here's Will to get us started. Well, hello everyone, by the way. I hope everyone's doing okay. Yes, I am doing Great. I'm more worried about the listeners. I know you guys are all right. You guys, I are, am, always okay. you guys are always a couple of good time Charlies. People listen to this? It's always going to be okay for you, but I worry. I, I, I worry how uh, about how everyone handled it last week. A good example of the number of people listen to this, I had a bunch of people come by my office on Monday. Like, a rather steady stream between students and alums and other people who listen to the podcast, and I appreciate all of you coming. They show up at your house, too. They showed up at the house. No, they showed up at my office. Um... Um, so shout out to Adam Hubbard for uh, graciously offering me a ride to the Wilco concert. I wish I could go. It's just too much going on. Oh, if anybody wants uh, two tickets to the show Friday, let me know. Yeah. Hit up. Will. Yeah. They're yours for free. First person to email me. Yeah. So, um, we're out here doing commerce. So one of the things I thought about, and I, I, I was trying to explain to my boss who is a Chicago bears fan, but not really a college football fan because he went to Illinois. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he would say that too kind of what happened. And I said, well, I said, let's assume your name is Bob and that, you know, Monday morning, all you have to do to get this awesome promotion, you know, it's your promotion. It's coming. It's show up to work. You go out Monday morning, you turn the key over in your car, click, 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 click. We all know what that is. It's a dead battery, right? So we all do the same thing, right? We tried two or three times. Click, 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 right? So Bob, he, he knows the battery's probably pretty new. It worked yesterday. Click, 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 click. Can't figure out. The battery's got to work. Click, 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 click. Why doesn't the battery work? I think it's a new battery. Click, 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 click. 
Meanwhile, Karen gets the awesome promotion, and she ends up getting to move to Barcelona to run the office, and Bob becomes assistant vice president in Winnipeg. Guys, that's what happened Saturday. I mean, Kirby knew the battery was dead. He's pretty much admitted it. But he refused to change it because... It's supposed to work. It's supposed to work. It's worked before. (laughs) We impose our will on teams. There is nothing we didn't see Saturday that we didn't see under Ed Ogeron at USC or Ole Miss. Frankly, we didn't see at Will Muschamp at Florida. Or, if you want to look at it a little differently, that we didn't see out of Nick Saban. The first few years he was at Alabama, frankly, at LSU, certainly at Michigan State. That we didn't see out of Debo Swinney his first seven years at Clemson. Hopefully, hopefully, some learning will take place. Because Kirby Smart is not wrong in that it will work. If you look at the advanced stats, South Carolina was an 8% win expectancy. I mean, Georgia won everywhere but the scoreboard. Would we feel differently about this game? If Rodrigo kicked the field goal at the end of the game to win, for example. Or Georgia wins in overtime. Maybe, maybe not. It, the narrative certainly would be different uh, in the national media. But it was like, oh, Georgia had a bad game, right? As opposed to dissecting, you know, all the things wrong with Georgia's passing game and offensive play calling. It'd be our Clemson, North Carolina. It'd be Clemson, North Carolina. That's exactly right. All of that to say is that the team that Georgia was before kickoff on Saturday is still the team they were. There's nothing changed about that. We should have a different data point. But Pretty big one. A, a big one. <laughs> but that data was there in the Tennessee game. And yeah. that data was there in the Vanderbilt game, if you're honest with yourself. Now, I'm not exactly certain Kentucky is the game that's going to get you there. Because I think South Carolina demonstrably has better defensive talent than Kentucky. Uh, but, but boy, if it is. <laughs> we have a whole different thing coming in. Instead of talking about all our goals are still in front of us, the real conversation we need to have is just how bad will it be by December? <laughs> Lots to kind of unpack uh, still. To me, uh, to add on to your analogy, I think we all saw the nugget about uh, what I did not listen to the radio broadcast of the game, but the nugget that before the game. Uh, Chuck down. Did that actually happen? I haven't heard it. So it happened. I was, okay. it happened. Okay. Yeah, I read it. it and I've heard, uh, I heard Jeff Dantzler talking about it. Yeah, it definitely that. happened. Okay. Uh, in fact, that they even uh, had, uh, he was asked about it on his TV show okay. uh, that he does with them. And, uh, but for, for those of you that may have missed it, uh, before the game, they did the usual pregame interview. And there was, I've, I have heard them before, and they are usually 10 to 15 seconds long. <laughs> they are him to get through it as quickly as possible. And uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I don't know if you have it in front of you, uh, Scott. I can find it. Yeah, I saw it. I, think I, I saw it earlier. But uh, the exact quote was, they also asked him, how does uh, he feel going into this one? And he said, uh, do we have the exact quote? They've got a great football team. We've got to get our ass ready to play. Our team is not ready to play right now. We've got to get our team ready to play. We've got to go and execute. It's going to be a physical, tough game. So that is what he said before the game. That is more than just saying, like, that's not coach speech. No, no. Like, that's a legitimate, like, we're not ready. And so he followed up on, on, on his TV show. They asked him about specifically those comments he made to Daddle. He said, listen, it wasn't practice. He said, practice was great. He said, practice was great all week. Just something about warm-ups was off. Now, to add to your analogy about this, um, this is almost a little bit like as he walked out to his car, someone said, hey, battery's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'm I know. on it. I'm on it. It's dead, but don't I'm, worry. I'm Kirby Smart. Yeah, I got it. I got it. 
And to me, since I've moved here, um, we, we've all had our fair share of uh, difficult to stomach losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, this is the worst of the curvy era. I don't think there's really any yeah. question about that. I think you can make an argument. It is worse than the Alabama loss, and I will. This is the, I will, and this is the reason I will say that because it's not maybe not long term as worse as the Alabama loss. But you watch the Alabama game, and you thought, oh. What Rick is doing is not going to work and yeah. when, when this thing is like we all love the guy. Are you talking about 2015? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the, not the national championship game of the Kirby era. This is obviously the worst loss. Okay. Um, but the law, the, the rain loss, the sad loss, the everybody hurts loss, the everyone going the, the sad Charlie Brown out in the rain all at the same time loss. That was a pivot game. That was when everybody watched and said, oh, this isn't going to work. The major change has to be made. And Rick will be fine, And but what we want Georgia to be, we want Georgia to be that. And Georgia is not going to be that the way things are now. And so that led to the change and all, all the things we've talked about a million times on this show. This is... That Georgia lost that game not because Mark Rick was a bad game coach or because he made mistakes in preparation. They lost that game because Alabama was just a, had a ton more talent than they had. To me, that is the thing that's scary about this game is not just that, that Kirby was outcoached. He was outcoached in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I, we said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, don't, uh, and I don't think that was because he called a horrible game. Brian Kelly's a really good coach yeah. and had a great game plan and I think kind of had him outmaneuvered uh, in a lot of ways. There's been games where Kirby Smart has done a better coaching job and games that he's lost even yep. that, I th- that I think that, that he has outcoached uh, Saban I think yeah. a, a couple of times. National championship game is and, probably a good example. And so clearly no one is saying that Kirby Smart is a bad coach or a dumb guy or anything like that at all. But the alarming thing about this is the whole point of all of this is the battery supposed to always work. This is why the recruiting, this is the whole point, right? It's supposed to be idiot proof is the wrong term. But you're supposed to just build up so much talent and, and stack class after stack class after stack class that, sure, you, 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 you're, you still got to beat Alabama. You still got to deal with Clemson. Yeah, Florida being built up, those. But games like this are not supposed to happen. They're not supposed to happen. And the only way they can happen is if you screw it up. Not the players. That's not saying the players did not screw this up. There were clearly mistakes made. We should not look past the fact that this is the worst game that Jake Fromm has ever played. I would even include LSU in that game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, the, and like, it's not like the players all executed perfectly and the coaches screwed it up. But this feels like, for the first time in the Kirby Smart era, it's a, oh, they not only did not get the most out of all of this immense talent that they have, they actually, it's the old Glenn Gray, Glenn Ross line. Uh, the idea of uh, when Al Pacino is yelling at Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. who's the middle manager, and Al Pacino, uh, after he messes up a deal, and uh, you, you, you want to bleep this part, uh, but uh, he, he, it's, he, it's Ricky Roma, and he goes to Kevin Spacey, and he says, see, your job is to help us, not to f*** us up. And uh, I thought that's like the best Pacino. That was pretty good. Uh, it's not a terrible Pacino. <laughs> to me, that is... The job is to let your talent win and not get in the way of your talent. I think it's what you saw with Swift, frankly, this week. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he was talking about this week. It's that, like, 
it feels as if they are getting caught up in dogma rather than reacting to the circumstances on the ground, which is a different way of saying yep. your battery thing, but it's the same general kind of deal. And so no longer can you say, um, I would hope this would lead to some sort of change. I am not convinced it will, but I would hope, I don't mean change that like, let's rip out the entire offense or make a bunch of personnel changes, but a change in attitude of, you know what? We're going to need to jump this thing. I got my cables. Go pull your car around. We're going to need to do something to jump this thing. There's a stubbornness, and I would argue it sometimes even veers into arrogance about the program from the inside of, we got this. Everything is going exactly right. Look at what we've done. We don't have to change anything. Clearly, that was not the case on Saturday. And listen, the fact is, is this is the solid verbal. Solid verbal have been putting these alarms up all year. Hey, you know they have two new coordinators, right? And they're promoted from within. And they say everything is fine because we get everything under control. But we don't know anything about Coley. We don't know anything about, about Coley other than the fact that, like, he, he never really talks. But he's just Kirby's guy, and he trusts him. And we've had every reason to trust him because of that because there's been this unprecedented run of success since Kirby Smart has been here. I think you have to now start asking some questions, generally speaking, about um, the system and the way it's all supposed to work. I know it's just one game, but boy, you just can't have losses like this. Well, I mean, look, the the flip side of the coin, the good news is we still have Jake Fromm. And... You know, and we, it's hard to imagine having that Jake. Fromm. Well, I mean, look, if if that Jake Fromm becomes that Jake Fromm over the next five games, he will still have had how many more games? I don't know. Like, what's his record now? I mean, three years of fantastic games, right? I mean, every and look, it's recency bias. I get that. The concerning part, and I think you hit on it, is that there is a little bit of um, arrogance. Might be the right way of putting it. The good news is, is that. I don't believe Kirby Smart is is either dumb or so arrogant that he is not willing to evaluate. I do believe he listens to the people he has hired to analyze things. I do believe. I mean, why have those people? Yeah, and there's uh, so many of them. And look, <laughs> if if I looked at the regular stats on Sunday and made some assumptions about success rate and efficiency and other things, and came up that. My guess was Georgia probably was an eighty percent expected win in that game, yeah. uh, I, and I was score? off. By, I was off by twelve percent. Right. If I didn't see the score, if I saw the box score, yeah. I yeah. would think, okay, yeah, Georgia didn't Georgia, play great. Georgia handled business, gave up a couple of touchdowns yeah. on turnovers, but probably won, you know, twenty eight to seventeen right. or twenty one. Right. Uh, the reality is, is Georgia lost twenty to seventeen. And for what it's worth, those a lot of the, the reasons that they lost are were mistakes on the margins, right? Exactly. that were made by the coaches. Exactly. Long term, I don't think Kirby Smart is unwilling to make those changes. The problem is, is that there are some games coming up, including one in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll talk about Kentucky in a minute. I swear, guys, going um, to come in a couple of weeks. I think it's where, okay that we still kind of mourn a little bit and still kind of like it's not even mourn. It's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. Look, look, I am I'm so excited we did our podcast Saturday night because I agree. I was in a perfect headspace to do yeah. it. Yeah. I th- I was ready to talk about it with people who, besides my kids, who were just like, Dad, what happened? <laughs> um, and more importantly, I don't think I would have had any more clarity Sunday morning. So, But I, kind of what I was saying is that I don't think Kirby Smart is – Kirby Smart's a fourth-year coach. And I know there are people that are going to say that's just a crutch, Tony. But if you look at all the coaches over the past 
I mean, how many coaches are currently active that won national championships? Um, Saban, Jimbo, Miles, Dabo. Dabo. I'm missing one. Who am I missing? Urban's not coaching. It's not Urban. Um, I think there's something. five. Whoever it is, I'm missing, yeah. right? They did not win national championships until they had been head coaches for a number of years, right? When's the, like, can you name the last time a head coach won in the first three to five years of their head coaching tenure? How many years was uh, Meyer at Utah before he got to Florida? Well, no, because he was coaching at Bowling Green. He'd been at Bowling Green for like four years, and then he was at Utah for three, and he was was in the second year at Florida. Jim Tressel? No, not Jim Uh, Tressel. Tressel had been there for three or four or five. Yeah. Um, So, look, I'm not— Nebraska thinks Scott Frost is about to Scott Frost Day is happening any (laughs) time. So I'm not trying—look, I'm not trying to say that Georgia should not expect the very most out of Kirby Smart. I am saying that we hired a defensive coordinator, and there's already problems with that. We hired a defensive coordinator to come in and be a head coach, which means he has to learn some stuff on the fly that a lot of coaches at a lot of other places learned at G5 programs or at other P5 programs, not the University of Georgia or not the University of Alabama or not Clemson or not Ohio State. I mean, my money right now is on Lincoln Riley winning one in his, you know, whatever year you know who of coach. Forgot, who we forgot, by the way? Who's that? Mac Brown. Mac? Damn <laughs> Brown. But, I mean, Mac Brown had been coaching, like, yeah. before, where was it was before North Carolina? Marshall, maybe? No, Tulane. Tulane, North Carolina, and then, like, s- several years at Texas before he won a national championship. So, I don't want us to think for a second that if Georgia goes, becomes a 9-3 and three team for multiple years, that Kirby Smart will survive that. I don't think he will. I also think that... Do you think that's true? If he goes 9-3 and three this year and 9-3 and three next year? Oh, I think it has to be multiple years. I think it has to be more than that. It also depends. Nine and three the next three. Three years. It's going to be close. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's going to be close. I agree. But, you know, we have the entire rest of the season to play out. It also depends on what happens, right? Um, frankly, part of the pressure on Kirby is directly related to what teams close to, close to us geographically win the national championship. If Nick Saban retires and Georgia doesn't seize on that opportunity to move up in the pecking order, Sure. Well, I think that I think another thing is, frankly, I think many people, I think at times us included, already thought they were up in the hacking order. And, 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 and look, they still could be, right? Yeah, they but, still they're not, could be. but they're clearly not there yet. They're not today. They're not there yet. They're not today. Yeah. I mean, look, if you were to – Clemson, the year they won the national championship, lost to a 5-6 and six Syracuse team. Yeah. Looked abysmal doing it. Um, look, 2012, Georgia lost to – an okay South Carolina team, way worse than twenty to seventeen. It was thirty-five to seven, and it wasn't that close. And literally played in the championship semifinal in the SEC championship game. Right? I, I, it's is then that's the recency bias part of it. Right? It's easy for us on Wednesday after the rawness of what happened Saturday mm. to make a lot of assumptions. And I'm not saying we shouldn't at least evaluate them. Um, the whole season has to play out yet. Obviously, I picked Georgia to go undefeated. That's not happening. I really want to see what happens against Kentucky, even though it might not be the greatest barometer. But I'm not – I mean, we'll talk about the Florida game when we get there. But right now, I don't think our chances against Florida are any different because the team, other than the fact that Kirby made zero – not really real changes in how he approached the game and was clear it wasn't working, that's, that's the most concerning part, I guess, is where I'm going. That is the most concerning part. Macro, can Kirby look at – what worked, what didn't work, and make changes. Sure. The problem is, is that he did not make them at halftime or in the third quarter, or even start of the fourth quarter. 
and it costs you my ball game. Does this go back to how you've been speaking even in past years in 2017, 2018 about how his uh, presence at press conferences and how he bristles uh, and you had all always said like, Hey, if this goes wrong, not to say one game goes wrong, but, but people I mean, are, da- people are right. naturally are dancing on him right now. It's, and and is, this, is this ab- coming oh, yeah. through basically oh, yeah. what you had kind of said? Early. It's too early. It's too early to say that. I think he's going to lose a couple more games. Uh, like this for that to, but there I mean come on you guys have read everything that people have said about this game nationally they are tap dancing on his balls right there's but, almost almost the, glee yeah almost it's like no uh, question it's like on Saturday when we were doing the postgame podcast Tony was like hey don't get on the national media or sports center because yeah, you're going to hear Justin Fields yeah. and yeah. everything like and that and whatever I think a lot of that's silly Sure. Just to be clear, uh, as a national reporter myself, I think a lot of that is silly. But it is narrative, right? And, 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 that's, and it matters. And yeah, this is matters. what I was saying then, is that like there's no reason – like I know – listen, obviously, reporter guy talking about this. Though I don't go to press conferences, I really don't care how he treats – one of the reasons I'd be a really bad beat reporter is it would just be hard for me pride-wise to like as an adult – ask another adult a question and have them act like I'm the biggest jackass in the world for even trying to engage them, yeah. that would be a really hard part. That's why I could not be a beat reporter. No. Maybe I just have too much pride. Can I say something? Yeah. Look, if you don't subscribe to Will's newsletter, you should because the one you wrote uh, yeah, about, about running to Rick and Keel, yeah. I, I knew you'd run into yeah. him, but um, run into him. It's just... I think anybody that has read anything you've written in the past 20 years knows exactly your approach, but you, you condense it so succinctly. I think you think you did a really good job at condensing oh, that. Thank you. Um, but you're right. It's like we, we as Georgia fans care, probably care a little too much about how Kirby smart thinks and does and whatever and the national media certainly does. Um, because and- the reality is, Blow the doors off Kentucky and beat Florida and go the SEC, go the SEC championship game and beat whomever's there and the South Carolina game's a blip. Yeah, it's 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 the Syracuse loss exactly for Clemson exactly. But like yeah, but Scott, this is what what you're saying is what I'm like. Clearly, we're seeing the results of that now. Like he listen, I think Kirby made some mistakes clearly on Saturday. The idea that that he is just this wobbly guy that gets overwhelmed by the moment does not strike me as true or correct. But that is what everyone is saying, and one of the reasons they are saying that, fair or otherwise, is Kirby is a jackass to them all the time. And I'm not saying, fine, lots of people hate the media, so good. They, they cheer on being, him being the jackass to them. That's fine. I'm not even blaming him for it. If, he wants to, if you win, nobody cares. But if you don't win, they will tap dance on your balls when you fail. And that is exactly what's been happening. And so I, I give the same advice I give every single time I ever talk to a coach or talk to anyone in sports that has, is forward-facing. There is no upside at all for you to being a jackass to the media. There's just, there's no, like, I'm not saying if, if it makes you feel better, I guess maybe that's the upside, but like, it does not make your job easier. It, it just doesn't. And I think you're seeing that now. And like the pressure he's getting, which listen, I'm sure he's getting pressure from Georgia booster, not pressure to get him out, but I'm sure, I'm sure he's getting a lot of texts and phone calls from big Georgia boosters that are not pleasant. We're not paying $7 for crappy beer and not seeing the game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To have to lose a home to to a two and three South Carolina. You know, the thing I had a problem with was in the Monday press conference when someone asked him about the eight seconds left in the fourth quarter, why wouldn't you try a field goal? And he was just. No, there's no way any any coach would ever do that. And I'm paraphrasing him. Yeah. And everybody in the stands is like, 
Kick the field goal. I mean, I kick the field goal. The idea that no other coach would do that is absurd. Right. Like for the record, to absurd be, is the right word. Like, like to be fair, if someone kicks the tries to go kick a field goal there and they miss it. They get questioned after the game. Sure. Of, hey, did you think the eight seconds was enough time? I get right. that. But that's the answer was not like that's an appropriate answer to that question. Hey, you're going to get second guess no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'd have kicked it and missed it, you guys would be That mad would be the that. right question that, with the right answer. That's the correct answer. <clears throat> the correct answer is not no other coach. Because, of course, there would be – maybe those coaches would be wrong. But the idea that the question itself is just somehow an affront – is exactly the type of attitude that gets it to a, when you lose a game like this. I mean, I, the example I always use this is Jim Beheim, Syracuse's coach. Jim Beheim has been cloaked in scandal. He had, like, you heard of the Bernie Fine thing? Like, he, he's had so many, like, like, he's had so many scandals and so many, and so many recruiting problems. And for God's sake, remember the thing that happened with after the game with his car accident last? Like, just like, just, and I'm not saying anything wrong that, but just like lots of stuff happens with Beheim all the time. But do you ever hear people getting after Beheim? They want, no, because he answers everybody's phone calls and he's everybody's buddy. Now, that, that is, for the record, I mean this as an indictment of the national media. Like they, if you do it right, you're not supposed to be swayed by that stuff. But they are human beings and they are. And that's, that's what you're saying. So I, uh, and of course what happens is uh, I think Georgia fans are still upset about enough that they're not like rushing to Kirby's defense right now. But certainly they will at some point. And then we'll just become us against them, us against them, like everything else is going on in the world. But yeah, that's what you're seeing this week. And uh, I can't say it's entirely unjustified. Well, last week Dabo was uh, at his press conference some, and he yelled at a reporter because someone had texted him about – um, who's it? Sunshine, Ronnie Bass. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Trevor Lawrence's injury, an MRI, and he started going on and on and on about how yeah. inappropriate that was. He can do that. He's got two national championships in the past couple of years. For the record, it is totally reasonable to ask about sure. an MRI. Yeah, for uh, like the one of the best is. quarterbacks at a public university. I feel like obliged to remind everybody once again. Public that university Sweeney is yeah. the most highest paid employee of this, in the state of South Carolina, and uh, Kirby. Like your tax dollars are going. Like he's the highest paid state state employee. He is a state employee. You have a right as a taxpayer and a citizen of the state of Georgia to actually ask these questions. So I guess Derek Mason doesn't have to answer those questions. He does not. Yeah, but nobody cares enough to ask. Um, um, is he still coach? So also Vanderbilt is horrible. Remember after that game where we thought great. like, "What well, is Vanderbilt the second best team in the SEC East?" The real question is, "Oh, maybe Georgia's not actually that to good." Be, <laughs> to be to be fair, you're probably the only one who thought that. Um, so the good news is, if if there is a bright spot on this, we do not have an open weekend this weekend. Um, it's next weekend. It's next weekend. <laughs> it's a good thing. It is. Cl- if that were backwards, it is. Cl- imagine two weeks of this. Look, it's clear South Carolina uh, beat the shit out of open. But we get Kentucky this week, yeah. a Kentucky team that is – this is not your last year's Kentucky right. friend. They were kind of um, plucky and fun last year. They yeah. were plucky and fun. That was a great game yeah. up in Lexington. It's, I always have a great time up in Lexington. It's such a, such a fun time. Kentucky lost their starting quarterback, uh, what, three weeks ago now, a horse collar tackle. Uh, they're 
kind of rotating between Lynn Bowden and oh, they lost their starting quarterback after the game one. Was it game one they got hurt? Yeah, yeah. and then Sawyer Smith came in, and he's yeah. the guy that played well Sawyer against Smith, Florida. Not Spencer Smith. Uh, yeah, he played. Yeah, like Sawyer Smith is transferred from Troy, I believe, and he's been uh, injured with like a leg and a rib and an ankle. And well, then we got nothing to worry about because we're facing Kentucky's third string quarterback, and when you're facing a third string quarterback. You're uh, obviously going to toast him. He's pretty much the Heinz Ward of Kentucky thing. right now. The third string quarterback didn't play defense. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Let's hurry back to the uh, South Carolina. Can, can I? Let me. Let me. Let me okay. say one last thing about the South Carolina game. It's a lazy crutch for people talking about third string quarterback Ooh. every time because trust me. No, no, no I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying you, but I've heard it on national media a lot. Right? Like a lot of things yeah. I've heard. Um, PAPM brought it up. Yeah. Um, ESPN's brought it up a time or two. The third string quarterback, the defense wasn't the problem. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. Georgia's, Georgia's <laughs> defense did spectacularly yeah. well. They had one long drive. They had a pick six. They had another drive that went about 27 yards that resulted in a 53-yard field goal. That was that was the sum total of, of yeah. their offense. So, Let's back off on the defense. And I'm not saying you did it well. It's a coincidence. It, it is, is honestly a coincidence. A coincidence. It is a coincidence. No, there was a third. It, is, it is, is a coincidence and it's not even correlated. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah, I, to me, one of the things to be encouraged by, uh, and you saw, you saw Kirby Smart talked about this as well, uh, it's not a noon start, and I think that did contribute somewhat. Yeah, you were talking about it at the tailgate. Yeah. yeah. That like, it was, yeah. It was a bad, I mean, yeah, it was a bad fan vibe. It was a bad team. It was just a whole thing. Yeah, was what, was it, what was it like around Clark Howell? Uh, I wasn't there very long, uh, but you went down there, right? Yeah. yeah. There were just fewer. Pe- there just weren't very many people. Well, there, was, there was a ghost town up around the state yeah, Coliseum. Yeah, it was uh, right, it, Scott. It, yeah. And whatever, listen. What like is I always you know, it's funny because I always go by your tailgate before I go over there, and I didn't that morning because they had soccer that day. No, I'm not apologizing, but um, uh, they, they had soccer that morning, so we had to go straight from there mm-hmm. to the game. But. Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, we're going to miss the awesome tailgate vibe for this noon game against South Carolina that we all, like, everyone just kind of understood that, like... We still won the tailgate. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But, like, the, the, no one was excited about the game. No one was up, was amped about the game. We were, we were discussing beforehand um, uh, when I was... I talked to, uh, uh, to, to Clemstagram, actually. Uh, Clems Tweets. Clems Tweets. Yeah. Clemstagram. Yeah. I was talking to him uh, before Clem the David. game. Yeah, he was a punter at Harvard, right? Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, it, it's I have a hard time talking to really tall people. He is tall. I have a really I just have a hard. I always feel like a, he might be the tallest person ever from Washington County, Georgia. Yeah, I, I always feel like I'm like not wearing pants or something. Like every time I'm talking to somebody that tall, <laughs> I just feel like really inadequate and a little embarrassed. Um, anyway, so but we were talking about that before. We were all kind of uh, taken aback. He's like, this seems like less of a vibe. Than Arkansas State was. Ooh, this I'm seems sure. less of a vibe was than a Murray kick. State was. Like it was just. It really felt like no one was into it. We need South Carolina back in the second game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess when everybody's excited, <laughs> oh. they should start playing. Oh sh- Scott, yeah. stop. <laughs> um, anyway, so, sorry, go ahead. so Georgia, this is this is what struck me, and this has not moved very much. Georgia's a twenty-five to twenty-seven point favorite over Kentucky. How is that right? Um, well, I mean, th- there's lots of reasons why, but the, the biggest reason is Kentucky's defense. Defense is not great. And their secondary, their, their secondary is even worse, right? I mean, look, one of the overlooked. I mean, things, they took they took Arkansas to the mat last week. What, in a in a close game analogy, I mean, Arkansas took them to the mat. There you go. Right. That's um, 
So their defense, uh, particularly the secondary, listen, will not be confused for South Carolina. Look, South Carolina has a defensive lineman we, that got like he has adverse possession of, of Georgia's backfield right now. Um, and, and we and lost in all of this, and it hasn't been lost around, but lost in our discussion has been offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're struggling against Kentucky. We have bigger problems than whether or not we're going to make the SEC championship game. Um, the reality is, is that Kentucky has looked um, pedestrian or worse in every game they played except for their cupcake games. Frankly, they didn't look great. And what was it, Eastern? They looked okay game? against Florida. Eastern they should have won that game. Right. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. But, but, but that was a game. That was the game that um, Felipe Franks got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also the game. I mean, Kyle Trask came in and they basically had to revamp the offense on the fly. Give Dan Mullen credit. He was able to do it and pull out a win there. But like the, the Eastern Michigan game is probably their easiest uh, win. They played um, it in black and white. Yeah, it, it was not great. Um, so they have a road win, but they looked bring up South Carolina again. They lost 24-7 to a South. And that game was like set football. I mean, it was almost as bad as the Tuberville Sylvester Croom 3-2 game, even though it was 24-7. That game was that game was like something stupid, like ten to seven, till late in the late in the third quarter, before South Carolina got any separation. It was like two drunks holding on to each other's shirt and punching <laughs> each other in the balls. It was bad. <laughs> well, Kentucky beat Arkansas twenty-four to twenty the same day that Georgia lost to South Carolina. There, that day didn't happen. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> no, uh, there was also no baseball game, and then no series after that baseball game. We keep talking Sorry, about this third-string quarterback. Um, his name is Lynn Bowden. He's probably the best athlete on I, the field. I think it's pronounced Bowden. That'll work. Okay. There's a Bowden, Georgia. There's a Bowden, Georgia. Yeah, so that's probably why I get that. Um, Passing-wise, he, he was 7-11 for 78 yards and a touchdown, but he ran the ball 24 times for 196 yards and two touchdowns. The interesting part about this game, Arkansas went out to a 13-0 lead in the second quarter, and Kentucky rallied. And I, don't think, I think that's the first victory. double-digit Arkansas lead in, oh, I believe that. in like 13 months. And one other thing that you can talk about later, that a stat that jumped out for Kentucky that relates to Georgia, is they lead the nation in net punting, 47.69 <laughs> yards per punt. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, do we just have a guys back there to Logan no, Gray assume, this thing? I, assume, or? I can't talk, We're going to talk about the Greyhound, aren't we? <laughs> just to oh, fair catch God. it, even if you have 10 yards in front of you. I mean, is it that big of a difference from, from Mecole or or guys in the past that um, can really just break no, it? No, I, I just think, I think that goes back to, there's a level of risk aversion in certain phases of the game that is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that bridges off the... That bridges off the muffs in the Notre Dame game. Right. But, you know, I hope Dominic Blaylock really works his shoulder out because he's going to throw his hand up a lot. <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a punt against South Carolina where it was coming towards us in the end zone. He had 12, 15 yards. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that punt. And he, he literally had... I mean, he had no blockers. Look, it was it just all South Carolina. Look, I gave up worrying about... I mean, it's frustrating. I gave up worrying about crap like that during the Rick years with sending... A, a former quarterback back to simply because he had good fair hands. catch because he had good hands, <laughs> right? It's I, I, I get it, and, and look, even even Kirby's comments about that. It's like you know, a lot of those punts we, they were at the fifty, and they had you know they had fake packages in, and we had to be punt safe and all these things, and it's just 
Okay, fine. That's okay. You know what, though? I'm still convinced that if someone runs a fake anything on Georgia, we're going to fall for it, yet we cannot convert a fake anything. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, honestly, the reason is because both of the things are playing to, to form. Exactly. Is that like Georgia coaches, Georgia's team is put up to be as conservative as possible on both sides. And therefore, that makes you both prone to mm-hmm. risky plays like a, a fake. And it also makes, sure, makes it like every time you try to pull one, it's actually not in your personality and no one actually believes you. <laughs> Walking with a limp out there. Yeah, it's like, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, or like, it's basically like, guys, guys, yeah, guys. It's, it's like one step away from the punter being like, okay, no fakes here. Definitely going to kick this Can't time. <laughs> wait for this ball to meet my foot. This is going to be awesome when I kick it in the air. Holy shit. I haven't thought about that. It's like every Georgia fake is like a five-year-old trying to prank their dad. Yeah. It's like, don't look behind you. Don't sit down there, dad. Come sit here, dad. Oh, my God. Well, that is exactly how we're going to think of every Georgia fake from now on. Well, actually, I just assume they're never going to do one again. The but, good uh, news is, I mean, the good news is we still have Rodrigo. Wasn't Justin Fields that? Like, wasn't Justin Fields every It really was. No, it was. It really, no, God. Oh, God. Oh. I think it goes back to uh, the 2005 Splendor Bowl. I was just West about to Virginia. say the Splendor Bowl. Oh, God. And the whole time I'm up in Section 3, whatever I was in, like, watch the fake. He didn't watch the fake. Dear reader, he did not watch the fake. <laughs> Narrator, the fake was not watched. Um, I'll put it this way. I, sorry, I don't know if no, go ahead. Uh, the, one last thing on, on the Kentucky, um, when you talk about the line, that line, the fact that it has not changed, feels to me like a, we're not sure about Georgia still, but man, they are going to want to overcompensate this week for what happened last week. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to the picks in a minute. Yeah, that, like, line, that, that line seems in danger. Yeah, that, that, that feels, I'll put it this way. I think Georgia's played one great game this year. I think Arkansas State was yeah. a great complete, game. Complete. Complete game, everything. Other than that, there's been some pretty much wobbliness across the board. We had, we had three quarters against Tennessee, um, a quarter and a half against Vanderbilt, and, uh, and probably two, two and a half quarters against yeah. Murray State. Yeah. And then Notre Dame, whatever you want to what classify. I mean, that. I, I, I thought the Notre Dame, look. My my view is Notre Dame's a really good football team, yeah. and we, frankly, that's the saving grace in the, mm-hmm. this point of the season to me is that we stood toe to toe with a team that is certainly talent wise in the first mm-hmm. two uh, levels. Did good. still struggle against a, a backup quarterback for USC last weekend? Yeah, that, that might be more of an indictment of Clay Hilton yeah. than anything else. But I, 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 what I'm saying is that. We've spent a lot of time this week going, should we have seen this sort of game coming? And I think the general consensus has been yes. There were things that we thought, uh, they'll get those corrected, they'll be fine. They all kind of came up at once to bite them in the South Carolina game. To me, the worry about Kentucky is if you see them again. Because if they don't get them fixed this week, after, like, you can't pretend anymore. Like, no one can say, like, Listen, even with all the struggles I had before, everyone was still like, we're Georgia. We're going to be fine. The battery's going to kick over. If you make uh, the same mistakes or the team comes out sluggish or we see a lot of things that we've seen that haven't worked this year, even if they beat Kentucky by 20 points, if you see sluggishness— It's concerning. It, it is definitely concerning. Because if this—I mean, I can't I think of anything in the world that would get one's attention more than losing at home to a 2-3 and three South Carolina team. 
And if that doesn't get their attention and they come out sluggish again, when they don't have the excuse of a noon start, they don't have the excuse of, of um, a team coming off a bye week, they don't have uh, any of these excuses, and they just, if they come out and look rough again, be very concerned. Well, you know what we haven't seen this year is, I was looking at the game last year that Georgia played against Kentucky. DeAndre Swift had a 20-yard touchdown run. He had an 83-yard touchdown run. Mecole Hardman had a 65-yard punt return that set up the first touchdown. There were passes. There was touchdown passes to Isaac Nauta. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen any explosive plays, really, no, to, we, to think and, of. And, and frankly, that has been the problem, is explosive plays. Uh, Georgia's been super efficient, been super successful, right? Uh, a success play is defined as getting, I think, 50% of the yardage. Uh, needed for first down on first down, so uh, first and ten, we get five yards. Seventy uh, percent on second down, ninety percent on or one hundred percent on third down. Um, Georgia has been really good at that. What Georgia has not been good at is, I mean, we're like twentieth in the nation and plays a ten plus yards, and hundredth in the nation <laughs> plays a twenty plus. I mean. That's that's actually hard to do. That's really hard to do, <laughs> right? It's almost it feels almost intentional. Um, so, like yeah, Oklahoma is really efficient, but they are efficient. also very They're explosive. also super plays. And frankly, Georgia's offense last year was. But I mean, if you think about it, the narrative this week, especially with uh, Cager going down, is kind of been the realization saying, "Guys, remember how we were concerned about the wide receivers before the season, and then we were like, no, 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 no we're fine.'" And Cager stepped up, and he had some great games. He's out this week. Not sure when he's coming back. Nobody on the wide receiver side is making a play. In fact, they're kind of costing us. We've well, um, not seen my Pickens explosion that I was kind of hoping. No. I mean, that 33-yard catch where he took the ball he's away from He's obviously talented. He wasn't separating, though. That's yeah. why he's taking the ball away from people. He was triple teamed. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, he's obviously talented. Sure. But, like, what we freshman. were hoping would be able to, to is him to be – like, Georgia's just not had, I think probably since A.J. Green, is that – like they've obviously had lots of talent. There are guys that play in the NFL now. They're wide receiver for the for Georgia, but they haven't had that preternaturally, insanely, sometimes uh, obnoxious and self-aggrandizingly talented wide receiver. I think Alabama has four of them. And right I now. think we were hoping Pickens was going to be like, and yeah. maybe he will. He will, be. but he's not. I think he will, right. be. but he's not that right now. He's not yeah. there yet. But but losing Cager is really going to put a lot of pressure on trying to clean up that offense. Uh, where you're going to are you worrying about forcing the ball? Maybe what you do. Uh, get a little creative. I know Tony loves the wheel route. Uh, Swift has been open a lot. Maybe Cook in, in that formation as well. I don't love those really flat throws to Charlie Warner like we saw last week where it's like, what are you doing? Uh, Eli Wolf has disappeared. Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to the passing game, because everybody's putting eight, nine in the box, because that's why the offensive line isn't getting that push because they're getting so much in there. Because we're not going outside. It's like, think about it. If, if if you had to describe that South Carolina game to somebody that couldn't see it, you'd say, yeah, we just pretty much stayed between the hash marks the entire uh, offensive series. We we ran zero jet sweeps. We only ran a couple of wide receiver screens, and those got blown up. Our screens to the outside, they, they, got, they got blown up. We actually ran – I mean, it's so weird. We ran a ton of outside throws – like in the five to seven yard range. The harder part for me to get my head around is that we didn't run much outside zone either. Every RPO zone play we ran was inside. Like all, it felt like all of them. Um, and getting to what you're saying about the receivers, it feels like any play where we don't have at least two of 
the cager will be out for a while where we don't have two of Blaylock, Robertson, and you know Landers, Pickens, like two of those four in. It just feels like coaching malpractice. Uh, look, I love Tyler Simmons. He was onside, guys. Hmm. He that 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 drop was brutal. I mean, just it didn't cost us, but it was brutal. And we've seen we've seen drops like that before out of him. Um, you know, I think Kyrus Jackson could be a good receiver, but right now Robertson and Blaylock are better, and it's it's hard it's hard to look at a situation where you don't have those guys out there. Um, also, there's been a lot of conversation about the route trees we ran, and it's not not wrong. I would be really surprised if we don't see more passes to the middle, if for no other reason, because that's been the talk of the town and national media. And Kirby, if nothing else, can be spiteful. <laughs> so it's like, all right, Coley, they want, they want throws over the middle. Let's have some throws over the middle. I don't know why Kirby's now. You know, <laughs> that doesn't sound like him. Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> but I don't know. Let's go see the Roosevelt. Ah, he's the penguin. So what do you think? I saw the, that one over the middle. <laughs> what do you think the vibe of this game will be? Because I looked and um, StubHub prices are forty dollars. Um, so I'm glad you asked that question because I think it, we uh, Wayne and I were discussing the uh, the tailgate scene. Uh, what time we're getting out and all those things. I, I, frankly, I think it's going to be kind of quiet um the crowd on saturday was generally into the game sure. I, I heard i saw some comments online about oh the student section this student section that it was mostly full by the middle of the first quarter and people didn't leave that game because it took me forever to get home so what a fun game to take forever to get home from isn't did it? did you realize how quickly that game was going before we hit overtime i know it was flying yeah, because Georgia ran the ball. <laughs> no, wait a minute. We didn't run the ball. Yeah. We did run the ball. No, we didn't run the ball. We ran 95 plays, guys. Yeah. Um, so I suspect because it, it will be a, a mostly a night game. I mean, look, you know, the game kicks off at 6. It's going to be dark by the middle of the second quarter. I, I think the crowd's going to get into it. Um, it's You know the fun thing about this? What? We get to use our red lights twice before Alabama gets to use them once because they kick off at 9 p.m. Well, I mean, we <laughs> we copied them. You know, look, it's funny. You were talking about the Kentucky game last year. Um, my body memory of that is my wife giving out. Um, it doesn't matter what she gave out. But she was like Oprah giving out. Are you going to believe this, right? I can or I uh, not. We were, sitting, we were sitting in the door section where there were some Kentucky fans around us. Some Kentucky fans around us. Um, she was giving out f***ers like she was Oprah. I mean, it was just amazing. <laughs> really amazing. You know, you know when, you, when you throw these... Uh, I guess colorful metaphors. Colorful <laughs> metaphors out. All it does is it, it just causes me to take a little bit longer to do to Probably do the editing. down. I don't. I, yeah. yeah, that's totally how you do that. By the way, is that how you do it? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting we're getting punchy. By the way, two hundredth episode, guys. This is our two hundredth episode. Yeah. I thought that's what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels good. We, we took a picture. My kids we made a threw a party like for a ourselves. Last minute picture of or a, drew punchy. a two hundred. Yeah, I mean it's um it's been a good run. I mean we're not we're not wait, going we're done. wait are we done? No, that's it. That's it. We're gonna go out on top. No we're one told end my it like uh, the Sopranos oh, did. We're just gonna stop mid sentence and just walk. This is out. a weird way. This is like the end of Joker. You're like just like oh, I'm just by the way, no spoilers. Okay, then never mind. Yeah, you should say it. But it's it's the the movie does not end with him falling in love and running off into a meadow. So. What? Yeah, it doesn't. Sorry. Huh? So Jack Nichols is not Joker in this. So movie. what I wanted to do. Was I put out a tweet earlier 
letting people know that we were recording our 200th show. And I said, hold, please. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Okay. Myself. I said, I said, so we're recording. Can I have the bourbon? Yeah, yes. Recording episode 200 tonight. We're looking back a bit. Any favorite funny moments, predictions gone wrong, or particular episodes from the past 199 shows? And so we got some responses from people. Rob Little, at Rob Little, he said, the day after show was memorable, meaning the Mark Rick firing reaction episode. Yeah. <sighs> that show was very raw. <laughs> yeah. 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 That one, that one uh, was in Rob's mind. Kyle Wright, at C. Kyle Wright, he says, personal favorite is when Tyler Dogden took UGA in the 2017 SEC Championship rematch because the wax on Maker's Mark bottles is red, not orange or navy. <laughs> Where's the lie? <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, Ian Boatman uh, at Ian Boatman UGA. He says the 2018 South Carolina preview show Gamecocks better strike now because this is their last chance for many years. And then a bunch of emojis and sad faces. Why do you gotta be that way? And then uh, C Dog thought Knight, that you thought that too. C Dog Knight says Will's obsession with uniforms <laughs> um, and, and and Scott's obsession with baseball <laughs> in in my lines. In my um, lines. And then and Jim, discussing politics. And then Jim Wood, uh, he says, I'd like to add this into evidence. I assume I sent this after listening to the Auburn Review episode in 2017. And he quote tweeted his own tweet where he says, I think my favorite sequence went something like this. Scott says Georgia still controls its destiny to make the playoff. And Will gets the Jim Mora playoff. <laughs> playoffs. So that must have happened playoffs? at some point down the road as well. And then um, the last one, Jim Wood chimed in again, says, I have a few things to note. In general, anytime Tony gets stuck on a phrase and it becomes a catchphrase, hashtag let me be clear, hashtag not for nothing. Favorite episode was the postgame tech 2018, which was recorded after the meetup. The funniest moment, the Super Bowl. (laughs) Funniest moment, the Super Super Bowl Bowl. spoiler review. (laughs) Or was it the national championship? Whichever it was, it doesn't matter. The guy gave us a one-star review because... We did a show right after uh, Clemson beat Alabama for the first time a couple of years back in Tampa for the national championship. And so we will recorded something. I thought we were being cool and Guys, I, put it up there. And a guy, I assume, I assume this guy lived in Borneo. And yeah. I mean, I mean, never, and then decided I, having paid no attention to who won the national championship game. I'm going to take time to post a review. Yeah. I'm going to, before we even get to that point, we're going to, I'm going to download a podcast <laughs> that's about neither one of the teams that played in the national championship game. I think I titled it national championship game. Oh, I think the title, I put the score in the title and he was upset uh, so about it's your that. fault. It is my fault. I was, yeah. I was a spoiler on that, but we uh, hope you still listen, dear yeah. friend. So do you, do you have a memory? Like the first thing that pops in your mind? Like to me, the after Rick firing show. Has oh yeah. Always uh, felt like the yeah. definitive show. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That, that's always um, felt like the one where, I mean, really, this you know, this show. It's funny. I was in New York this week, and um, on a submarine. I was not a submarine, (laughs) and I was in New York this week with my good friend Joe D'Alessio, who works with me in New York Magazine, who loves the New York Rangers and the New York Yankees uh, the way that we all love Georgia football and the way I love the St. Louis Cardinals. And he is a and uh, and he's an absolutely dedicated fan and knows all of the little. Like which players twenty years ago were fan favorites in this little moment that happened in this game, and oh, those seats up there—they got rid of those seats and made them uh, rich. 
seats uh, over here and like all like just the little fan things and for me the, the, to what I what I love about this, doing the show is it's not like I, I don't we're not interested in similarly like, like a, I the reason I kind of do the way I do my career as a sports writer I don't really care that much about the emotions of the quarterback uh, when he got this big win or like it's a fan's game like we pay for all of this stuff uh, we're the ones that in 20 years from now who know uh, Kirby Smart may not be the coach of, uh, of of Georgia and McGarity may not be the athletic director and who knows there may be no one involved with Georgia sports right now that's involved in 20 years but we'll be here we'll to be fans and uh, and I feel like that is the through line for that's why sports fans are so important they are in a way kind of the historians and so what I loved about that show is that felt like such a pivotal moment in not only Georgia sports but Georgia fandom and like what this all meant and uh, and I feel like that's what this show captures best uh, is that and I, we do some analytical stuff we obviously do some game breakdown but you know this is a show for fans because we are fans because we are fans what's yours um, I, I would I would probably say the same thing and bridge off of that a little bit I, I think the origin story is kind of cool and um, the other part is you know the get together we had after the 18 tech game all the fans that was a, showing, that was a lot of fun it still is um, I had it happen uh, this past week, I went to went to Taco Stand, and uh, there was a gentleman in there, and I, I just basically said my name. That's what you do at Taco Stand. It's like Waller, right? And I'm like, yeah. How'd you know that? He's like, because I follow shit out of you on Twitter and yeah. listen to the podcast, and it was kind of cool, right? I mean, this was Garrett, and he's he's just like, it, it still blows me away that people listen to what we have to say, um, and not in a like they're hanging on every word, but they relate to us, and that's kind of it's kind of what you were saying, Will. Um, that's that's that the but the the culmination, another culmination, the embodiment of that was the number of people that came by after the Georgia Tech game. That was a blast. Yeah, yeah. and we'll do it again this year, maybe at El Bar. I was about to say the same the, the, Tony story there. That exact same thing happened to me, except it was at El Barrio. Have we mentioned El Barrio? No, we haven't. It's probably, that did not happen to me, but I just wanted to just transfer us over to El Barrio. Well, no, I think that uh, we we probably would be doing something at El Barrio or the Pine maybe after the – we talked about the Texas A&M game. Yeah, we got some time. We could do the – Guys, we're only halfway through the season. We yeah. got – we this is a marathon. Speaking I, of the, the two-hour marathon break was uh, – yeah. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like we have a four-and-a-half-minute mile, 26.3 it's, times. That's it's bullshit. Um, God, I'm going to do a lot of work. <laughs> God. I, got a, I got a tweet today. I wish I could find it, but it's like – my son really enjoys listening to this podcast and everything. And then I'm like, Sorry about it, your son. whenever, whenever I'm editing this, son's this 44. <laughs> whenever I'm editing this, I'm like, I'm like, it's such a pain to have to bleep it. I mean, do I, I don't really want to do it, but then I'm like, well, I'm like, I, just, I that's all you had to do is circle. The top. But for the record, my favorite show is episode 97. It's a six minute and 38 second show and it's instant analysis. Georgia beats Notre Dame 20 to 19 and it's just Will and Tony. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just Will oh, and Tony. The I great was... part about that show is neither of us remember. Oh man. I so, was, now, yeah, I, pull up I, listen, 97. We, we drink during this podcast, obviously, but we don't drink like that uh, during this podcast. So a little behind the scenes on that show. Um, episode 97. Episode 97 was was taped live before a studio audience <laughs> in literally in the yard of someone's house in South Bend at midnight? Oh, yeah. Or thereabout. And we've been going all day. We've been going all day. When we got up at 8 o'clock and went to a fantastic mm-hmm. breakfast place that my friend Paul 
I uh, found on because he's on tw- Tinder. That's all you need to know, friends. Um, <laughs> let's sure. Let's go with Tinder. So, <laughs> uh, go ahead. But no, we've been we've been out there all day. We got back to the van. Uh, traffic was a madhouse, and I thought, oh, Scott was on my right my right shoulder. You should record an episode, and we literally spent. How long? Six minutes? Six minutes and 38 seconds. But that's part of it that is my introduction. It, it could have been 24 seconds. It could have been 19 hours. It felt like really long. Don't know. <laughs> and I just basically broke my phone out and started asking yeah. Will questions. Oh, my God. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, who will be here this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, said a few words. He is a Notre Dame slash Kentucky fan. That was it. Because I, Indi- I, I am because not Indiana's listening. weird. Yeah, I am not listening to that. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I am more likely to listen to our Alabama preview episode. Yeah, uh, which I which is definitely the the day the clown died of all of, all, <laughs> of, all of our podcasts. The one, <laughs> the one that like we we just as soon never got released and no one ever talked about. You know what we should have done for the two hundred show? We should have done like back when you know Friends or Seinfeld would have like a, a week off and they just put they yeah, did a match. Up of, of like yeah. shows Best where they didn't really yeah. have to do anything, yeah. they pr- probably still got paid. The problem is you would have to do that. That's that would true. actually probably be <laughs> more. Really no way I would ever. That would be more. Believe the customers. Yeah, that'd be more work than you have on a regular. Episode. I would. I would never do that. Um, so are we done with Kentucky or we're dip? Let's, let's yeah, can we, think, can we officially that, put South look, Carolina to look, bed? No, we will t- never put that okay. game to bed. But the analysis of Kentucky is their defense is not great. Their offense is either being run by a one-legged quarterback to transfer from. Troy or Lynn Bowden, who we should be worried about their his running ability, but that's about it. Um, and you got a and Kentucky has a linebacker, senior linebacker on the defense with one of the best SEC names, Cash Daniel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, their kicker's poor chance. That's right. Yeah. Chance poor. Whatever. Yeah. With he's, poor, e. he's poor chance now. All right. That's canon. Um. So, uh, do you want? Bowl projections? Do you want college football playoff chaos? Do you want Georgia's resume or buy or sell buy or, or sell. trivia? I don't want any of those. Okay. All right, we'll, do, we'll do buy or sell real quick. I would like to hear one bowl they're projected for. Yeah. Well, I've George, got them. Uh, Georgia's projected yeah. for? Give me one bowl. All right. I've got Sports Illustrated. I've got Schleybaugh and Bonaruski at ESPN. Don't, 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 don't. So, so, right now, the range for Georgia is obviously the college football playoffs down to probably the Citrus Bowl. Outback. Outback? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Sports Illustrated has them playing Michigan. Wait a minute. Outback. Hold on. Wait a minute. Who else said it? Because Outback didn't come up. I mean, Sports Illustrated didn't come up down their own. Okay. Uh, okay. CBS has this uh, versus Boise State in the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. They, they should do, like, a cool uniform thing for that. <laughs> you think they will? <laughs> a side I like is a college football news. Yeah. They have a versus Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, please don't play Texas. No, that's not happening. That won't happen. Hey, that's that won't happen. happen. It just won't happen. And then Schleybaugh has – Schleybaugh was the one that said Boise State in the Cotton. Would, and uh, CBS also has Boise State in the Cotton. I'd probably go to that. And then yeah, the other ESPN guy, Bonnaroo or Bonnaroo huh? – Bonner. Not know. Bonnaroo. I don't know who it is. Bonargio. I don't know. It starts with a B. I just wrote a B down because I didn't want to spell his name. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Barrett um, Sally? No, it's not him. Uh, he, he has it projected Georgia versus Minnesota in the Citrus Bowl. Oh, man. Red I mean, boat. look, that's the rain. That's one of the I teams think, Georgia's never football, played. I think the college football playoff in the Citrus Bowl, 
I don't think Minnesota's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so college football playoff chaos would be this. So and this is, just, this is just my opinion. Okay. If Georgia wins out, okay. Clemson goes 13-0, obviously, ACC champs. Ohio State or Wisconsin, they're on opposite sides, aren't they? Yes. I never can but figure they, that out. But they play, they play each other in the regular mm-hmm. season. Okay, well, one of, the, one of them goes 13-0 and is the Big Ten champs. Okay. Oklahoma, 13-0, and okay. Big 12 champs. Okay. Oregon, 12-1, and Pac-12 champs with the win over Auburn. And Georgia, 12-1, and SEC champs with a 12-1 and LSU. And the 12-1 and Alabama. And an 11-1 and Alabama. Say LSU beats Alabama. What happens there? Because based on what the narrative is right now, in my opinion, people would try to discount the South Carolina loss for Georgia and try to bump well, like an I, LSU or Bama with Clemson, Ohio State, or Oklahoma. I think you have Clemson one, or no, probably Ohio State one, Clemson two, Oklahoma three, Georgia four. I think Georgia gets in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because and, and that's they, where I'm going, right? Okay. Oregon doesn't make it. Um, because they didn't, that's they, did, they didn't lose to yeah. even the SEC champion. That's an easy one to get. Um, and the reason I think that is that you, Alabama, LSU, say LSU Georgia, beats Alabama. They do look at losses, but they also look at wins. And if Georgia makes it, they will have beaten Florida. They will have beaten. Obviously, you have already beaten Notre Dame. Cheer for have, Notre Dame, by the way, in that scenario. Right. <laughs> also, you left off eleven and one Notre Dame there. Um, you um you have beaten Auburn on the road and have beaten one of Alabama or LSU. I think they're in that scenario. I do. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think they're in that scenario. Now I have another question for y'all. Do you think every conceivable record going forward for Georgia is on the table? No. No. Like six and six being the worst. No, up no to five and more. seven would be the worst, right? Well, I, I wouldn't count tech. No, I mean I would consider I don't that think a win. It's on the table. You don't? Okay, Mm-mm. just wanted to wonder that. No, I don't. I I can't. What's the worst case scenario you see? Nine eight, and three, eight, eight and four, eight and four. Yeah, yeah. So lose to Florida, lose to Auburn, Missouri, and Missouri, and him. That's that's four, that's that's, that's five. five. I mean that, that's I guess seven and that's five. That's not an possible. impossible scenario. I guess seven and five is the worst case. Seven and five is the worst case. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, that's that's the worst case. But I mean, after you lose at home to South Carolina, it puts a lot of things on the table you would have not thought would have been on the table before. Missouri looks really good, and uh, I, I Missouri's Missouri's defense looks good. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that, like, listen, I think Georgia's going to beat Missouri. I think they're going to. I personally think they're going to beat Florida, and uh, and but. That Auburn game looks just lots of so. lots of lots of scenarios. I mean, I mean, look right now, the median to me, the median is ten and a half, right? So, so they lose two two and a half times in that scenario. Yeah, like they have they have one more loss. No, they lose one and a half times. Lose yeah. one and a half. Right, times. that's what I mean. I'm yeah. counting this. Up well, you counted two losses against South Carolina. <laughs> it feels that way. So, last question around the Bulls. If Georgia plays in an Outback or a Citrus Bowl, a mid-level bowl, how many players do you think sit out that game, kind of like how DeAndre Baker? Because you've got Andrew Thomas, you've got Isaiah Wilson, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got Lawrence Cager, who's already got kind of a good resume. Jake Jake Fromm, that's what I wrote down. 
does that creep into a talking point down the road or does it even matter if it's the Outback Bowl? That's really hard to project in October. Um, I mean, yeah, I would think some of those guys, but one thing you generally don't see are quarterback, like quarterbacks doing that too much. Like, yeah. you, like I would think, because, yeah, I guess because the stresses on the quarterback bodies are totally different. Yeah. Some I, quarterbacks sat out last year in the bowl, it? some Taysom high profile. Hill? I don't remember. But it's hard to, particularly someone like Fromm, who a large part of the reason you're getting him is being the leader dude that is, uh, yeah. Like, I feel like he would suffer more by sitting it out than, say, Tua would suffer it. Probably. By, by sitting it out. Yeah. All right. Let's get into buy or sell. Buy or sell. Pro style offenses in 2019 college football. Sell. Sell. Buy or sell, there, there will be chaos in choosing the college football playoff final four. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, look, there normally is, so why not? Yeah. But it's funny that, like, it's Fine. funny how we're already, I mean, we're already bargaining, right? Like, so much of this is already our bargaining. We're like, maybe there'll be chaos. Maybe there'll be chaos. <laughs> maybe there'll be chaos. Because what, what step is that? Bargaining, I think, two? Denial and then bargaining, I think. It's just denial and bargaining? I don't know. Buy or sell. I never paid attention to those meetings. <laughs> yeah, like Georgia won last week. Oh, I think I went sell in the first one. That's denial. Okay, buy or sell. When South Carolina missed the kick in overtime, you thought the dogs would win. Yep. Yes. 100% buy. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% buy. Buy or sell 6 p.m. kickoffs. Buy. Buy. Oh, yeah. I like a good 6 p.m. Kickoff. We haven't had a 6 p.m. kickoff since the third game of 2015. I mean, look, it's, 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 cl- it's, it's close a weird to the perfect time. time as you can get. Yeah. Right. Uh, 4.36 is your ideal range. Buy or sell Bama versus LSU will be one versus two. In what poll? The one that matters. When is that? It's like in three weeks, I think. So I think the polls are out. I mean, the, the, the rankings are out by then. I'm going to go with sell. I think Ohio State's going to have one of those two spots. So I'm going to also sell. This is an NFL buy or sell. Dan Quinn will coach the remainder of the season for the Falcons. You mean all 16 games? Sell. Sell. Because, you see, I thought he would have been fired after that Cardinals loss. Can I say, by the way? Sure. I remember, I'm, my football team is the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Kyler Murray is awesome, dude. <laughs> Kyler Murray is so good. It was funny. Uh, my, son, my son, because he's a good boy, uh, occasionally likes to watch the Oklahoma-Georgia <laughs> uh, game. Like he'll just yeah, he'll grab turn on. it on, yeah. And I had forgotten that Kyler got a pass in overtime. He got he a pass to the sideline. No, he caught a pass. Yeah, he oh, caught wow. a pass in yeah. overtime. I did not realize yeah. that. I completely forgot. I don't think I don't remember touching the ball otherwise in that game. Yeah, I don't but know. The fact that it was in overtime, I was like, wow, Kyler Murray. Got, yeah, Kyler Murray is super double plus awesome. Yeah. And, you know, as long as the Falcons are playing from behind, just because I have Matt Ryan on my fancy team. I'm doing okay. Yeah, he had a good game. Yeah, he did. Kyler Murray is a rookie quarterback who's taken every single snap. Um, is throwing the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. He had four turnovers. Lowest turnovers in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. The defense like, is horrible. So like, I mean, two weeks ago, he had 500 yards and 54 passes and had no touchdowns. So I got like nine points. Yeah. But You think he made the, right, made the right choice playing football versus baseball? Yes. Agreed. If he play, I mean, like, like have you seen sure. the Heisman House commercial with him? Yeah, you, you, you could. I mean, listen, the whole idea that like baseball used to be safer in baseball, but that's true. But I like, talk to Charlie Culberson. Yeah, and he also like he was going to be a good baseball player. He wasn't going to be Mike Trout. He could 
be he could Mike be the Trout. face of the league. He could be Mike Trout. This is an XFL question. Buy or sell Aaron Murray is the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers. I mean, he was destinated to them so high. Uh, I generally am anti McMahon as a general rule, so but it is cool. I was that was the first time I thought, okay, I might actually keep a little bit of an eye on the XFL. I mean, there's even that St. Louis team, and I don't care. So you um, will, I won't. Will I won't? I saw you at the St. Louis Blues game the other. Yeah, night. they were in, Did, uh, in was, uh, the Coliseum. Do you pull for them? Yeah, yeah. They just won. They're the defending champ, of course. Oh, are they? Yes. Stanley yes, Cup champs. They won Stanley Cup. Made John Ham so happy. Your buddy John Hamm. My buddy John Hamm. I can't keep up with the puck watching hockey. Can't keep up with the puck? No. I like the better. Don't you dare say you like the glowing puck. Don't you dare say you like the glowing puck. One of these days I'll have to tell about the time I called an entire shift on St. John's One Radio. A shift? What is it? Like? Well, (laughs) if you you know about hockey, you know. I don't. Y'all lived up north for a while, so. Yeah. And I've lived up north a while. I did not grow up with hockey at all. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay, we'll move off hockey. This is the last one. Buy or sell utilizing running backs in the passing game more? Buy. I like that. Anything, man. Okay. uh, It calls wheel route. That's right. I I did write down wheel route, but I'd already mentioned it. Um, All right. We have one new podcast review. Is it a one star because Because we spoiled? Because Will spoiled something? Because I spoiled the election? No. Um, (laughs) The title of it is. We can laugh. (laughs) We we can laugh. It's all going to be a nightmare forever. Oh, sorry. Did I spoil the election? The title of this is SoCal Dog. Five star review. Okay. Hey, Scott and the rest of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast crew. I love listening to my old fraternity brother and his buddies sipping whiskey and talking Georgia football. Since moving to LA, not lower Alabama. 13 years ago, I have only attended three Georgia games and have not made it back to Athens at all. Those games were at Arizona State, at Missouri, and of course, one of the greatest highlights of my life, the Rose Bowl, which is only 10 minutes from my house. Our mutual friend, Drew M., turned me on to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast about four years ago, and I tune in every week to get my Athens fix. While we have an amazing alumni group here in L.A. called the SoCal Dogs and watch the games together, y'all help fill in that missing feeling of being in Athens on Saturday. My fully indoctrinated 8-year-old son, who often listens to the podcast with me, has never been to a UGA game. I'm targeting next season to take him to his first game in Athens, unless, of course, we end up in New Orleans in January. Thank you for giving me a taste of home, and keep up the good work. Go Dogs, Preston. P. Joe, P. Dog, and other less appropriate nicknames that I left in Athens. <laughs> so yeah, Preston was a Sigma Chi fraternity brother of mine, and uh, I knew he lived out in L.A., but uh, Preston, I appreciate you leaving such a thoughtful review, and um, I, I do follow you on Facebook, and I do remember you posting those pics from the Rose Bowl, and I've always been quite envious of you and Jason, who lives out there, and a couple of the other uh, former fraternity brothers of mine uh, who live out in California. I thought it was an AGR with me, so. Oh, you thought it was Preston with, with you? Yeah, Preston, yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's my guy. <laughs> my guy. So, um, went through the Twitter mentions. I would like to give a shout-out to Elko Dog and Clem. I wrote down Clem. Yeah. Uh, for saying hello. And then Will met a guy who goes by Who Dog. Yeah. He tweets us sometimes. He took a picture of you. That was uh, awesome. Yeah. He's with his daughter. Some of his pregame is really great. And it happened in front of my wife. And anytime you want to say something awesome, uh, say, say like, hey, you do a good job with this thing. If my wife is not around, please, or my children are not around, wait for them to wait be around. Wait till they show up. Yeah. Uh, so because uh, it, particularly when it happens 
with, uh, to me, that was one of the things that was so great uh, when I ran into uh, to AJD after uh, after the yeah. after the Vanderbilt game. Was my son got to see it? My son yeah. got to see it, and uh, and uh, so any anytime that they, they realize that that Daddy, when he goes upstairs, uh, is actually making things doing and something. doing things. Well, you're off and off on space exploration. Yes, and yes. gone from the house. Of course, I, you know, uh, if you've listened to my wife's interview on uh, <laughs> on the Jenny Sue Makeup uh, podcast, you know that I'm just gone for like years <laughs> at a time. Right. Um, so you're the inspiration for Major Tom. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just yes, I'm off. I'm, it's, it, it is. I am like a, a midshipman sent off to Siberia on a submarine for nine month deployments. That's well, a, I knew that you had taken a picture or met somebody before you even came back because Alexa came back first, and she turned to Jennifer, who was sitting next to me, who was like, "You wouldn't believe it." Will was having people stop him to take a picture. <laughs> I, and I guess as we're talking about it, uh, Edgar Smith from Savannah and Daniel Portain, uh, a couple other guys stopped by the uh, tailgate on Saturday just to say hey. So, God's, I mean, I, I, it never ceases to amaze me that y'all will listen to us, uh, but thanks for coming by and saying hey. And one of the other reasons they listen is because now it's trivia time. Now it's trivia time. All right, so I got a few questions here. This should be good. I don't know. I didn't proofread anything after I scribbled it down. But uh, as long as you can read, it. as long as I can, that's that's debatable. I have to use colors and everything. Anyway, I put a lot of effort into this. I'm looking at the sheet right now. It's literally just a bunch of scribbles <laughs> and like stick men with like large penises. I don't know, but we'll, we'll go ahead and. Uh, oh no, those are legs. I'm sorry. You're right. Those are legs. I'm sorry. Well, the penises have to be large. <laughs> All right. Uh, Is it peni? This bit's here's peni. the first trivia question. Georgia lost to South Carolina on Saturday. What are you doing uh, to us? A win would have made it five in a row over the Gamecocks. Okay. Out of the 13 SEC schools Georgia competes against, plus Georgia Tech, so 14 schools, mm-hmm. how many does Georgia currently hold a win streak against? Even a one-game win streak counts. Oh, okay. So okay. out of 14 schools. Okay. let's go through it. Let's okay. go through it. Let's go Georgia through it. Let's go Tech. Team by team. Georgia Tech, yes. Not, okay. not South Carolina. Okay, not, okay. let's go stick with the East. All right, Kentucky. Kentucky, yes. Tennessee. Yes. Florida. Yes. Well, all the SEC East. Yeah, so there's, okay. so there's, there's seven, there's six right there. Uh, Alabama, no. No. Auburn, Auburn yes. Yes. Uh, LSU, no. Um, A&M, yes. Mississippi State, yes. Yes. Mississippi, no. No. Arkansas, yes. Who, are, who are we missing? Who are we missing? Um, LSU, A&M, Miss- Alabama, Mississippi. Arkansas, Mississippi. Mississippi State. Auburn, Mississippi State. Yes. So uh, we forgot to count, but uh, we went through. Okay, so let's just do it right now. Just assume we were right. Yeah. Let's just do it, let's do it right now. Okay. All right. SEC East teams. Uh, yes. Everybody was South Carolina. Everybody was South Carolina. So there, there's we're including five. Tech in this. And then Tech. Yes, okay. so there's five counting, counting, counting. Six counting Tech. No, because we're in the East. So we so are there's in There's seven East. teams in the East. Six yeah. counting Tech. So there's, no, five counting Tech because we, we lost South Carolina. There's seven one teams two in the plus, East. Two plus one. Yeah, this, is like the the end of this is like the end of Georgia. This is like the end of the clue. <laughs> so six, as you said. Six. Okay. But there's only... People are yelling right now. Arkansas. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Arkansas, yes. Yes. Texas A&M. A&M, yes. Mississippi State, yes. Mississippi, I'll make this no. its own podcast. Auburn, yes. Auburn, yes. Mississippi, no. Alabama, no. <laughs> LSU, no. Arkansas, yes. 
Ten. This is great radio. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Ten is correct. Von Hog Acorn. Wow. Yes. I could just I could just Don't cut you all dare that. Edit that. I won't. I won't. <laughs> if that's the entire podcast, do not. <laughs> I was about it. to say I might make that its own episode. All right. So, what team does Georgia currently have the longest win streak against in the and, conference? And how many? Yes. Are we counting Tech? Sure. Um, Kentucky. Was it Kentucky? Let's see. Kentucky is so front. We're at eight games with Kentucky. Is it years or is it games? Basically, games in a row and how many? Yeah, okay, games. Kentucky and eight. Yeah, that'd be my guess. It's Kentucky and nine. 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 Oh, nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, ten. Okay, yeah. Which team has the longest current win streak versus Georgia and how many? Alabama is five. That's right. That's right. That's pretty good. I thought that would have stumped y'all a little bit more. Um, And I, I did write down... Mississippi State would have been 12 in a row except for 2010 happened. I'm so glad I didn't go to that game. I came so close to If it go. weren't for that game, we would have not have lost to them since 1974. Yeah, I was going to go. I lived in Illinois at the time, and I've never been to Starkville, and that was one of the few places I haven't been to. And I came really close to going down from Champaign, and I'm glad I didn't because that game was so not great. And you know when y'all went to the Grove – Two years ago, that would have been a long time ago? too, right? That would have made it not, eleven in a row or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was ninety six. So that would have made. It. And then Arkansas, if not for nineteen ninety three, I think it was. No, I'm sorry. It would have been an eight game win streak since nineteen ninety three, except for twenty ten happened. Yeah. We played Arkansas, and Darren McFadden game. ran all that over. Was the us. Joe Cox five TD game. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Georgia Tech. Short of three fourth quarter blown leads, could have been eighteen in a row over the past couple of years. I can't talk about that one. Yeah, I hear you. All right, uh, we're still in trivia. True or false? We are recording episode two hundred. True. Technically speaking, is this really our two hundredth show? False. Um, true. Otherwise, why would we be saying it's a two-hour show? <laughs> technically. <laughs> technically. Oh, we kind of one you forgot to record. I did vote on the LSAT, no, so I, I think it's false. <laughs> the answer is false because there is an episode 74.5 that I titled 74.5. And the title of it, after I wrote in, for some reason I did that, Special Edition Georgia Beats Tech in Basketball. Okay. And y'all did a call oh, in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I still feel in. obliged to point out that even though you labeled that Wait a minute. 4.5, this is that episode is 200 in fact a show, which means this is our 201st show. <gasps> no, no, no. Because by doing that, Ignore everything we said. About I kept the South episode. Carolina's post game show years before. It's like it's like a loss. It's like the movie Lost. I planted an Easter egg years before, so we wouldn't have to do our 200th show for the South Carolina. Post game. Oh wow! Ooh. Yeah, you were moving the pieces on the chessboard all along. All right, just a random guess here, I guess. Uh, trivia: All time downloads of our podcast. Oh, I don't. I don't want to know the answer to this one. Seventy-seven. I don't like stats. Two hundred eighty thousand. Three and a half. Really? Yeah. No, I don't know. Wow. It counts okay. as people like going. Ooh, I didn't mean no, to push I that. Didn't even that. Move along. My uh, all right. You'll like this. You like this. You can. You can come out of your. Uh, 
My cocoon. I yeah. wish I hadn't heard that. Do you watch The Good Place where you like, uh, yeah, you know, they, they, yeah. they go into the little cocoons? Yeah. Top, okay, <laughs> for our podcast, what are the top three cities in Georgia that listen? Athens. Atlanta. Yes, yes. Patterson. Augusta. Savannah. Patterson. Decatur. Oh. And then okay. fourth would be coming. What's the big? Uh, I am curious about. I don't want the numbers, but I do like little things like that. What, uh, can what's the biggest uh, city outside? I'm getting there. Georgia. All right, yeah, Washington D.C. So the top three cities not in Georgia. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Uh, New York. No. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Washington D.C. Number one is Charlotte. Charlotte. Ah. Thanks to Robert. Thanks, Clem. And, uh, yeah. and Jim. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Charlotte, Charleston. Nope. DC's uh, not on the list. Not top three. Uh, L.A.? Close. Is it close? Well, relatively. Irvine? <laughs> San Francisco is number two. Is it really? really? Yes. For the record, oh. it is definitely not close to Los Angeles at all. Well, uh, I'm, at, yeah, I'm at West Coast. Coast. I mean, seven hours. But San Francisco also even have, doesn't even have that many people. Like, it's not even like a high population city. It probably includes Oakland or something. If it, well, then it or maybe count. like yeah. Oakland. Oakland is like Monterey. That's like saying Phoenix City. Yeah. Don't argue Columbus. with the stats. Uh, and then the third. Uh, Nash Vegas. The third. I would have thought there would be more in New York than San Francisco. Nash Vegas. Third is Chicago. Yeah. I'm Seriously. I think Amanda Mall's not downloading us. Come on, Amanda. I think we lost when UGA Carey went from, from uh, New yeah, York. Yeah, and we're even going more macro here. The top five countries. Outside of the United States? I like Well, U.S. is one. So the top four countries <laughs> outside right. of the United okay. States. Cool. Canada. Canada. That's number three. Okay. Cast number. Australia. No. Uh, UK. That's number two. UK is number uh, after the US or? Yeah, US is one. UK is two. Canada, Canada is Canada's three. three. Mexico. No. Uh, well, I know we're banned in China. Uh, so. <laughs> um, and Russia. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about Turkey? You guys want to talk about the turkeys? No, we not. shouldn't. Um, I'll get mad. Yeah, we all should be furious, actually. Um, everyone from every political persuasion number should be four, furious. Number four is Germany. Never heard of it. There's a lot of Air Force bases over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. And then number Japan. five. If you're listening to us in Germany right now, please email us. That's amazing. Particularly if you're from if you're like an yeah. Air Force base, because then we, I think we, we got a review or an email one time from a guy in Air Force. So Japan. Yes, Japan is number five. Okay, cool. So that's amazing. WSLSpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email if you're in Germany or Japan. God, I love the internet. Listening yeah. to our show. Oh, one guy I forgot at. Hanson M. Photo tweeted us a photo of him in Arches National Park listening yeah. to our show. Which was he fishing or he was he, he was just chilling at his campsite. He, I hope he was drinking. It was awesome. So those are those are that's all the fun stuff. Do we do we have fun office pools? Yes, we have fun office pools. Of course we have fun office pools. Can you do the filler talk? We should talk about how the three of us are doing. We should talk about how Fun Office Pools is uh, this week is sponsored by El Barrio and the Pine and the Eleventh Pin, Eleventh yeah, Pin, the Root Pub, the Pub. On, you were at the I Pub on Main. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, it was awesome because the Pub on Main is awesome. I had they have a Reuben special going right now. Um, I had a uh, Reuben. Uh, they have bacon on the Reuben. I know it's not a traditional Reuben, but I'm sorry, it has bacon on it. So yeah. shut up. Nothing that's made for us. Uh-huh. Did you go for the 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 whiskey flight or whatever it is? I uh, know uh, wings and whiskeys on a Wednesday. Uh, I just went on a random Monday night and I did have the Weller's Antique, 
and also a Reuben. And uh, it was lovely. Safe to say I've never eaten a Reuben. I couldn't even tell you what a Reuben Ooh, is. Ooh, Reuben's okay. Reuben's, it's, Reuben. it's corned beef with uh, Swiss cheese. And sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. How is, and Russian dressing. Oh. Toasted mm, rye. Russian dressing? Like it's the red like dressing? No, no, no. No, it's, 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 no, it's almost like Thousand Island. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a white Russian dressing. Yeah, white Russian. Russian. They call it the, the Guys, I got a beverage here. Um, so, yeah. If you're in Watkinsville, you should definitely go by. All right, so the picks are ready, and we've got the first game up. It is an undefeated team traveling to a two-loss team. Baylor travels to Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, the defeated team mm-hmm. twice, is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think Baylor is not playing very great, and it's kind of snuck out all of their wins. They're kind of the they call, call them uh, Minnesota South. Uh, I'm picking Oklahoma State. Yeah, give me the... Give me the Cowboys. I'm going to take Baylor since they're ranked. Another ranked team travels to another ranked team. Have we talked about the standings? (laughs) Oh, oh, we'll get there. I clicked on this first. (laughs) Uh, Tony would really like it if you talked about the standings. Oregon is traveling to Washington. And this is... Purple Cutler. Purple Cutler. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, guys, um, it's time to Let's have a a conversation about Jacob Eason. Like great, um, and, and that has more to do with the team around him. He has his his offensive line is bad. His receivers are not are probably worse. Um, Oregon's a good defense. Give me Oregon. It's funny that like uh, Fromm's going to end up getting drafted higher than him. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Uh, I will take uh, Oregon as well. All right, uh, then you got Army. Traveling to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Probably the first time they've ever come to Atlanta and since like the 50s when they played Georgia Tech. If so. Georgia were playing on the road, mm-hmm. I would go to this game. Yeah. To get to see Army play. Oh, yeah. Park. Yeah. This would be a really fun game yeah. to go to. They're at Georgia State. Yeah. It's, at the old it's, hard, it's, it's hard to see Georgia State win this game. I'm picking This Army. is not a great Army team, but uh, the 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. But uh, And Georgia State, uh, didn't they beat Tennessee? They beat a team that we follow closely. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Army. I really wish I could go to this. How game. did Army only score eight points versus Western Kentucky? They, I, like, I was terrified by the match. Like, if if you listen to our season preview, and you shouldn't, I was really high on Army as a possibility of making some noise, of going eleven and one or even undefeated. Obviously, they came close to upsetting Michigan, but they have looked bad since then. But I still pick Army. All right, then you got the battle of uh, ACC teams, Florida State and Wake Forest. I feel like once Wake Forest lost, I, I kind of just jumped off their train. I'm taking Florida State. Yeah, they, they lost a basketball game to Louisville last week, 62-59. to 59. Yeah, That was yeah. fun. That was a goofy game. That was goofy. Uh, I'm still taking the Demon Deacons. I'm going to take Florida State for a bounce back. And now I've, I've picked four teams with gold helmets so far. Yeah, well. I had not noticed. Michigan at Penn State. Penn State's going to beat the Rising guys. <sighs> this is a wideout game days there. This is not a place for Michigan to prosper. This is the. I mean, there's still been this idea that like eventually they're going to figure it out. Eventually they're going to figure it out. And they, I mean, they almost lost to Illinois last week. They really did almost lose to Illinois last week. Uh, I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking Penn State. Sparky goes to Utah. Um. I'm not. I'm not picking Michigan State ever again. No, Sparky Arizona State. Sparky. Sparky. 
Oh, Arizona no, Sparty. State. Sparky. I think it's Sparty. Sorry. S- sorry. Um, ooh. Where? Utah? Yeah. <sighs> Both 5-1, and one, top 20 What's the matchup? spread on this? Utah's favored by almost two touchdowns. Really? Mm-hmm. I guess I should take Utah. But How about Herm Edwards, by the way? Everyone made fun of him so really much quietly when he got that job. something out there. That yeah. They lost to Colorado by three, or they could yeah. be undefeated. I'm taking Utah, but yeah, good for Herm Edwards. I mean, everybody made fun of him. I did. Hire, and it's going pretty well. Take Sparty or Sparky. Now you got me saying it. No, I'm taking Utah. No, I'm taking. I'm still Sparky. taking Utah. I'm taking Utah. I, you know what I love about fun office pools? We should take Utah. They have the old helmet up here yeah, for good. Arizona. They State. have the old Illinois helmet too. The black eye or the script? The script, Illinois. Nice. Um, all right, now we're in the SEC. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. A&M. A&M, but look out if A&M loses this game. By the way. <laughs> By the way, speaking of which... Uh, I mean, Jimbo uh, still makes this $75 yeah. million. Yeah, of course. Uh, speaking of uh, Illinois, this is my own one Illinois minute. This is just for you, Scott. Okay. They're wearing the uh, Gallup and Ghost uniforms. Who are they playing? There's homecoming. They only wear them at homecoming. They are playing Wisconsin. Ooh. I did not but, put them uh, on this because it was yeah. like a 29-point. Yeah, but yeah. they but that's the tradition now is for homecoming. They wear the, Gallup and, they wear the red-grange Gallup and Ghost jerseys. I'm guessing since it's a night game in Athens, that, never mind. No, don't even. Um, all right, Auburn... At Arkansas. Give me Auburn. Auburn. That's a no-brainer. I mean, look, Arkansas can make some noise against them. Auburn's low-key not great on offense right now, but I, I'm not saying they can't figure it out, but they are they don't look they don't look dynamic. And then Florida coming off a road night game, going to play a noon game. Where have we seen that before? At South Carolina. Might they be ripe for the picking? You doing sandstorm? Yeah, trying to. Trying to. Um, I think Florida wins this game, but I mean, like, it's, I I was not a believer before. I'm still think we should take Will Muschamp's diploma away. But Did you talk about the hedges at all? Does that not bother you? Beat beat visiting teams. I agree. Um, I still think Florida wins. I need to catch up on points. <clears throat> I'm going to take the home team in Sandstorm because that's Florida. Not how, that's not how you do it. Not great. <laughs> I think I don't think they're as good as six and one in a nine ranking shows them. I'm taking Florida. All right, and then uh, LSU the CBS game. This might have been us had we beat South Carolina. I'm yeah, okay. it would have been. Yeah, um, LSU goes to Mississippi State. LSU is favored by eighteen and a half. I think it's a no brainer. Man, that. That spread feels low. LSU has figured their offense is really good. If you want to look at a football coach who was potentially Kirby Smart in the first five years of his career, look at Ed Orgeron. He basically finally said, you know what? Y'all do that offense stuff. I'll take care of defense. Score as many points as you can. I'll keep as many points off the board. We will eat all the crawfish we can and win football games, and that's what they're doing right now. LSU. And the standings on the season, Dog Gone Dog is number one with 329 points, and your very own Dog with No Fleas is in eighth place with 323 points. Oh, I'm sorry. Tony Waller's also. He's tied with you in eighth (laughs) place at 323 points. I'm not sixth place? Nope, you're tied for eighth. That's bullcrap. 
So, uh, yeah, you're only six points off the lead, making a late run. Uh, it's midseason. <laughs> whatever. Uh, Will, pretty good. Thanks. one. <laughs> 311 job, points. Guy. Thank you. And then I am 134th. You're going backwards. You were 112th last week. 259. I wear it with a badge of honor. I'm better than Illini Brad, whoever that is. He's 202 points. Yeah, what a dick. That guy. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for the fun office pools. That pretty much does it for the 200 and a half show. Should we pick the Georgia-Kentucky game? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about or it. Or are we just going to Where like, am I? Where is like my it mind? didn't happen. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm going to do first episode. Yeah. Whatever. 200. No, it's 200. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go by the way I titled it. Plus, that was a half episode. Right. That was a non-canon. You know what? It appeared on CBS SN. Yeah. That's right. Or something. That's right. How do I think this it's game's going to go? TV playoff game. Um, Georgia and the fans need to hope that South Carolina doesn't beat them twice. I'm a little concerned going into this game. I, I can't believe the Scott of me three weeks ago is like angry at me for saying that because I thought, like everybody else, that we were just going to rage against all the SEC East teams. I would personally like to see the offense try to get opened up, but I'm just not sure they can open it up based on the restrictions they have at wide receiver and injuries and as much as they've tried. Um, one thing that would be good to see is to, okay, if they are going to run it in the middle, because that is part of their bread and butter, to actually be able to block for it and maybe uh, key in on some play actions. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a flea flicker to open things up like we did against Mississippi State. But uh, I think what we're going to see is a close game and the dogs pull it out. We're going to be frustrated, but uh, maybe like 28 to 17. If it's 28-17, I will be concerned. It feels weird after what happened last week and how I think it exposes some general issues to go be like, yeah, they're going to smoke them. But I do think they're going to smoke them. Uh, I, I do feel like there's enough t- talent and focus to where uh, I don't know if it necessarily augurs great, uh, like, oh, they got it back and now they're going to win the rest of their games. I am definitely not saying that. But I definitely feel like they're going to be able to smoke Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to go with 35 to 10. You know, when I look at this, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to ignore that um, Georgia didn't run jet sweeps. They didn't do anything outside. That's the simplest answer to our offensive woes in the short term. I think we'll see plenty of that. And if we if we do that competently, I mean, Kentucky's going to get yards. They're going to kick a lot of field goals. Um, this feels a lot like a game where they kick, they get a touchdown, three field goals, which what, gets to 16 points. So give us, what's the spread? Like 25 to 27. 25 to 27. So um, let's, let's, say, let's say it's 25. We cover at 42-16. Okay. So we'll close with this. The way everyone's been feeling this last week uh, is actually a result of optimism in the program and the idea that like yes, optimism hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the idea that the reason it hurts so much to lose this game is everyone thought, Oh, we're going to the SC championship game. And if they went, they go to the playoff. Again. Almost as a birthright. Yeah. And we, whichever that's stupid, but like, I get it. Like the way the team's been going, the way they've recruited, the way it's all been putting together. I felt like you were going to clinch it with, you were basically going to clinch it with the Florida game 
particularly with Missouri maybe still not even being able to actually go uh, to the SEC championship game if they win the East. So I think it'll be a while now. This could be a learning moment. Uh, a while now until... Put it this way, it would be shocking to see them lose to Kentucky. It would not be as shocking to me as the what of the way I felt when they lost to South Carolina. Yeah. Not because South Carolina is is so much worse than Kentucky, but like it, that was the what's the the scene in the movies when they when there's two people driving and they're just having a boring conversation and all of a sudden the car just comes out and hits the door. Yeah. Like that's what that was. It, yeah. it, it hits the door. Now I'm keeping an eye out for the car in a way that you're not uh, there. And so it's uh, it, I'll put it this way. If it gets to the point that everyone feels as bad about a loss as they did this one again, um, not as bad, but as stunned as they were at this one, uh, that's a sign things have been going very well. So uh, if uh, you, you want the losses, if the losses are as shocking as they were last week, it generally th- means things are going well. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to, it'll be a long time until there's that shock again, but hopefully it will happen again. And then keep an eye out for uh, the paint squad and the spike squad. They're going to be wearing pink, honoring uh, Bulldogs battling breast cancer. They're trying to raise money this weekend in conjunction with the ice dogs who are wearing um, alternate jerseys. They're pink and you can bid on them and get them after they play Georgia Tech, I think, on uh, Friday. But they're playing Clemson on Thursday, Georgia Tech on Friday, so maybe go pay them a visit and make a donation if you can because what it's going to do is it's going to help provide women who can't afford mammograms uh, that ability, uh, and it's going to take place here in Athens uh, this weekend. So uh, shout-out to the Bulldogs Badland Breast Cancer uh, Foundation. They've been uh, good to us. They sent us a couple T-shirts to help get the word out, and uh, we – Wish them well in their uh, endeavors, and I know that I'm going to donate to them. And I'm actually, I think that uh, we'll use some of the funds that we have and uh, waiting since last Saturday to make a donation in our name. We have, awesome. we, have, we have funds. Yeah, we have a little bit. Scott has keeps the light on. Keeps the lights on. Keeps keeps the, keeps, keeps the bourbon. Coming. Keeps Chad paid. Yeah, um, paid Chad. <laughs> shut up, Chad. So, guys, one last thing: show up early, show up often, offer your full throated support of the Bulldogs. And go dogs. Go dogs. You know, it's usually Will that says go dogs first. And well, you know what? It was a historic Switch it week. It Switch it historic up. week. It's 201st episode. Yeah. It's, it's a Moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to let me let, live that down. And thanks so much for listening. We appreciate all the comments on favorite past shows from y'all on Twitter. And we're always up for conversations and observations. Then you can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. And if you like photos, who doesn't? We also maintain a pretty solid Instagram presence. It's at the same handle, at WSLS Podcast. So give us a follow over there. Make sure to check out the links in the show notes page for the donate option for Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer to help with this weekend's events that they're putting on. And I'll even link that episode that I was so fond of, which I spoke about in the show of Will and Tony's six-minute post-game of Georgia versus Notre Dame back in 2017, so you can have a laugh at that one. 6 p.m. on Saturday should be a good one. Remember, there's only three more of these special days where the dogs play at home, and that's it until next college football season. And you know what we'll do? We'll spend all offseason counting it down, so get ready to tailgate, appreciate it, enjoy the light show at Sanford, and cheer our top 10-ranked dogs who still have a lot to play for on at Sanford on Saturday night. We'll see you on campus this weekend, and as always, 
Go dogs.